Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all. He is my way maker. He is my way maker. I'm going to just tell y'all that every prayer I've ever prayed, he's answered it. There's one that I haven't seen the complete manifestation of just yet, but I, he's working. Every once in a while, I'll get a glimpse of what he's doing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's working. When we don't see it, he's working. And when we don't feel it, he's working because he's the way maker. He's the promise keeper and the miracle worker. Hallelujah. You guys rock. Y'all rock. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Woo, for a praise team that'll go on in. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's priceless. It really is. It's priceless. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, Apostle Angie, teaching us how to press through. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Because oh, I, I didn't used to know how to press through. I didn't used to know how to do that. I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> it just was what it was. Y'all know that we, we, we cry all the time, Lord. We want your glory. We want your glory, God. <laughs> Glory's here. The glory's here. He says that in your glory, we're changed from glory to glory. And, and we can't, we can't, without his glory, without Holy Spirit, we can't see that thing that happened that, that started this judgment in me. We, we, we don't see that. Some of those things happen before we have a conscious memory. It's the glory of God <laughs> that comes in and, and takes that, that surgeon's knife and cuts deep in that place that no man's hand can go. No man's hand can go there. It's the glory of God. Thank you. Father, thank you for your glory. Thank you for visiting us today. I thank you for making your abode with us. Thank you, Lord. And we, we've said it several times, but last Sunday, Apostle, she just kicked the gates of hell open and, and exposed that spirit of betrayal. That's the vision of Freedom Ministries. That's the vision. 
That's what we're here for. That's what we do. That right there. Everybody wants to know their place. Everybody, you know, some speak a word of faith, some, you know, whatever. Um, that is what we do. Because every single person that has ever walked the face of this earth has had to deal with that. Jesus had to deal with that. He didn't have any sin in him. Like she said last week, he didn't do anything to cause it to keep happening to him. He didn't have any sin in him, but he still, he had to deal with it. I have it in me, you know, it's in there. And so I have to get in front of his face. I have to look in that glass darkly and see what I see. And I want it to be him that I see. When the devil comes, because he's coming, I want him to find nothing in me. That's what I want. I want him to find nothing in me. And as long as people keep going into the spirit realm, and they keep saying, God, what's in me, God? What's in me? Show me what's in me, God. Why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep doing this? Why? Then he shows us the ugly that's on the inside of us at no fault of our own. I mean, when we're li little, you know, it's no fault of our own. I didn't do anything to cause this thing to happen. But it just happened because the devil does not play fair. He is wicked and he's hateful and he hates you and he hates me. And I am convinced that he sees a mark. <laughs> I'm I, he sees a mark. He knows that you have a call of God on your life and he comes quickly to steal, kill, and destroy. Because he doesn't want anything that God wants. And God wants you. So he is out to destroy you. And he comes at a very early age. Very early. The very first time I ever came in and had any kind of deliverance. Pastor Eileen heard my story, you know. She sat there and listened to me. And she said, sweetheart, there's a scripture in the Bible that says to honor your mother and father. That it will go well with you all the days of your life. So if it's not going well with you, we can trace it back to where you dishonored your mother and father. And I'm thinking, I've been good. <laughs> I just take the mask off. Come on. Take the mask off. I ain't never dishonored my mama and daddy. But that it doesn't mean that I did something just real wrong. You know, that's not what it means. Um, that word honor, to honor them, is, is to, to value the weight of them. Value them. They're weighty. You know, it's, 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 it comes from the same word as the glory of God. The kabod, it comes from that word. It's a part of that word. And uh, it means weighty. And, and, and in the Greek, it means value. And so 
whenever mom and dad, mom or dad, do something right or wrong, right or wrong, no matter, does not matter. He does not say honor them if they are always right. He said honor them. So if they do something right or wrong, how I perceive it is what causes a judgment in me. That's when I dishonor them. Um, you can dishonor them by feeling all of a sudden that they don't love me, they don't care about me, they, they, they abandon me, you know, whatever. They betray me, um, feel that uh, you, you don't care anything about my feelings. Uh, well, I'm just worthless because my mama don't love me. That, that is dishonoring them. And see, we're little kids. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know that. That's why I say the devil don't play fair. Let's look at Ephesians 6. Because this is where he talks about that. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6, 2, 3, and 4. He's talking about one of the Ten Commandments, you know, from Exodus. Honor your mother and father that your days may be long upon the earth. And in verse 2 he says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And we usually stop right there. But the next verse says, let's go to 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So whenever fathers and mothers do things and they don't um, discipline us tenderly, okay? We have to discipline, and the Bible says to beat rebellion far from your child, okay? But we don't beat rebellion far from your child in anger and in, you know, we don't do that. And so every single one of us, me included, me included, have, have done things to our children out of frustration and out of anger and out of you are um, a bother, you know, I got to get away from here, whatever the situation was. We do things to them, and then they perceive that you don't love me, that I must be worthless because then you don't love me. My mama didn't love me enough to stay with me. My mama gave me away. She threw me away, so I must be worthless. We don't have those conscious thoughts, but those are the things that happen on the inside of us, okay? And that is dishonoring your mother and father. Do you, does that make sense? It's not that I commit some gross sin. Okay? And that's why the Word of God says, don't do things that provoke your children into this. Because a root of bitterness is going to spring up in them, and it's going to defile many. So I would really like to go back and have my children again. <laughs> Seriously, because I believe I would parent differently. 
I would parent them differently. And I would, um, I would hope that I wouldn't be so quick to fly off the handle because you are really irritating me right now. You know? Ugh. Because they've had judgments about me. But we're in the place where God <laughs> will shine the light on those judgments and he will take that thing out if we'll just cry out to him. In Exodus, the, the children of Israel, they were in bondage for 400 years. 400 years. Now, I don't know exactly how long it took them to start crying out. But at some point, they started crying out. And that's what he says in Exodus 3 when he's talking to Moses. He says, I've heard the cry of my people. And you got to set them free. So he hears our cry and he sets us free. But we don't get set free if we don't cry out. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I, was, I was ministering to somebody a week or so ago and, and they're like, well, I thought I dealt with this already. I said, well, how'd you deal with it? Well, we talked about it and, you know, I, just, I saw how ugly this was and I said, did you get any deliverance? Uh, well, I guess not. <laughs> I said, because that's what we do. We can go through therapy and we can see all kind of things. But the Holy Ghost will pinpoint the root of that thing. And you can tell it then to come out. So we don't get no help, really, until that thing comes out. And I, I said, I've been in church since, I mean, my grandparents took me before mom and dad got saved. So I've been in church 56 years. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. A lot of church. But I didn't know none of this. I didn't know any of this. And I just remember crying, you know, God, why do I do this? Why do I keep acting like this? Why do I do this? And he brought me to a place and he said, That's why you do that. <laughs> Thank you. You are my way maker and my miracle worker. Yes, you are brought me to a place where he can show me what is on the inside of me. Why it's there. Why everything. Y'all, the word said, honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may have long life on the earth. If it's not well with you, let me tell you something. If every three months you and your husband go around this same fight, we have a good couple of months and then mm, something happens and here we go again and we are going around the mulberry bush again. That is a stronghold and it's in you. It's in you. My husband was the one that I didn't like his behavior. So I go tell on him. The stronghold was in me. That's when I learned, oh, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, <laughs> standing in the need of prayer. So if we, if we continually, if we try, we, we're good, I'm, I'm trying to be good, I'm going to be good, I'm going to throw them cigarettes down, I ain't never touching another one. Because I'm chundadada by sea, filled with the Holy Ghost. I ain't touching another one. And then all of a sudden... Somebody makes me mad. <laughs> Cigarette ain't long enough. 
You know, there's a stronghold there. There's a stronghold. I got to get on my face and I got to say, God, why every time Johnny says look, something to me and looks at me cross-eyed, I want to go eat an Oreo or I want to go pick up that cigarette or I want to go get drunk or I want to go shopping and spend all that man's money. Why do I keep doing that? What's in me, God? What's in me? Guess what? He's going to show you. He's going to show you what's in me. He ain't going to show you what's in Johnny, okay? He is not going to show you what's in Johnny till he shows you a bunch of stuff that's in you. I remember Pastor Eileen saying one time, <laughs> something happened with her and Brother Jerry, you know, and, and, she, and by then she had already, you know, come accustomed to this was in her. So she goes to prayer, God, what's in me? Show me what's in me, why this happened, you know, when so-and-so, you know what? You know, she just pours her heart out to him, and God spoke to her. She said, finally, he spoke to me and said, this is in him. But, but she'd already grown accustomed to it being in her, you know, and she, was, and she was willing to look at her, willing to look at herself. Thank you, Jesus. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. So the vision of Freedom Ministries is to learn how to live in 100% victory, 100% of the time, over 100% of the devils, 100% of the enemy. That's what it is, that we learn how to live in the face of circumstance by him using that circumstance to show me what's on the inside of me. Because, see, a circumstance is going to happen. The devil's going to come. And, I, and people say this all the time, that Jesus did this. No, he did not. No, he did not. But the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. A circumstance happens, and the way I re react to it shows me what's in me. Shows me that it's not right anyway. Whether I turn in and start feeling sorry for myself and I go into depression and woe is me, you know, poor me, misery loves company. I start telling everybody around how miserable this is, you know. Or I get angry or I want to go spend money or, like I said, eat Oreos or, you know, whatever. That circumstance shows that there's something in me that is not God behavior. It is not kingdom behavior, okay? And that's what we take to God. And sometimes we need help to see. We need help to see what's going on inside of us. Thank you, Jesus, that he shows us things. When I first came here, well, after, not when I first came here, because it took me two years to submit. It took two years for me to submit to this vision, to submit to the prayer, to even know what submission was. You know, I was sitting right there. I will never forget this. I was sitting right there when I submitted, surrendered myself to this vision. And um, then after that, it's when he uh, put me in Jeremiah. 
and I could not quit reading Jeremiah, and usually the first chapter for six weeks, <laughs> you know, but in Jeremiah 1.10, he says, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. And so that's what this prayer is all about. That's what we do around here. And because of that prayer right there, I have been set free of things that plagued me for years. Monica just got set free. There's been so many that has been set free from that, that spirit. It's a stronghold, that spirit of betrayal this week. Whenever, whenever you strip the covers off of the enemy, when you expose the enemy for what he is and what he's doing, he starts acting a fool. He starts acting a fool. And when that stuff starts happening, no, there's manifestation going on. But he can come out. I heard someone say one time, well, that's a good thing because that can come out. You know, it's like it's not devastating that you have betrayal. No, betrayal can come out. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that, for setting us free, for taking those things out of us. And that's what we do in this prayer right here. We get in the spirit realm. Get in the spirit. Because you can't do any of this outside of the spirit. Nothing. None of it. And it's not hard to get in the spirit. We just open ourselves up. Connect to God. And we let him pray what he wants to pray. Let him take us where he wants to take us. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And then I went to Numbers. Numbers 33. I like this. 52. Numbers 33, 52. Then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land. Y'all know that we are the promised land. The pro we are the promised land now. Me. Um, in the promised land, whenever they went into the promised land, they said there's giants in there. <laughs> there's all these Hittites and... Jebusites and ites and ites and, you know, ites up in there. Well, what's an ite in me? Because I am the promised land now. The promised land is me living in 100% victory. 100% of the time, over 100% of the enemy. That's the promised land. And in order for me to do that, he has to show me some giants that's on the inside of me. He has to show me the eye of anger. He has to show me the eye of, 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 of addiction. He has to show me the eye of horror. He has to show me the eye. Those are eyes, and those, are, those things are in there because of something. At some point, when I was a little girl, I dishonored my mother and my father. And those things come in here. They could have done, now he, they did not, but they could have molested me. And, 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 and in that moment right there, that dishonor, that, that thing. And see, we think this is so terrible. He deserves to be dishonored. That ain't what the word says. And we don't know this when we're four. But at that moment, that dishonor comes into me that I'm worthless. I'm worthless because my own daddy don't protect me. You know, my own daddy hurt me. He did not. Okay? I'm using it as an example. 
And so I grow up, and I am looking for somebody to love me. I am looking for somebody to want me. I am looking for some. That judgment on the inside of me is looking for somebody to abuse me. That's what's happening. And looking for somebody to abuse me, to fulfill this judgment in me. God said, judge not, lest ye be judged. And so whenever I throw that judgment out there that you don't love me and I'm worthless, then I start reaping that thing in everybody that I meet. They're going to abuse me. They're going to molest me. I'm going to lay with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes by because I want somebody to love me, to want me. That's how judgments work. And then I feel worthless afterwards. I feel worthless. And it proves to me that I am worthless. I hate the devil because that's what he's done to God's children. That's what he's doing. He is ripping lives apart. And then I want to sit on a pew and judge somebody. Because they don't act like I do. Because they don't do things just like I do. Because every once in a while they might slip and let a cuss word come out. Come on. Y'all know that that is a judgment just like being a whore is a judgment. That is a judgment. It's on the inside of you. He says, judge not, or you're going to be judged. And with the measure that you throw it out there, it's going to be thrown right back at you. There's another one in there that says, if you judge somebody, it's because you do the same thing. I'm talking to the church now. I can feel the indignation. He is mad. He's upset because we kick the body when the body is down. We kick them. And we heap stuff all over them and say, did you see what they see? Did you see what they did? Did you see? Do you see that? Well, if we could have our heart opened up right now, I don't want nobody in the room to see it. Nobody. Because there's ugly in there. Because I have not arrived yet. I have not. But I am on my way. I am going after it. I am pursuing it. And so if I stand in judgment of somebody, I need to have my face on this altar, and I need to be crying out to God, and I need to be saying, God, why is that judgmental spirit in me? Why is that judgmental thing in me, God? Why do I look down my nose at everybody else? Why do I do that? Why do I look down my nose at someone else who's been through hell and I ain't never been through nothing? It's ugly in my heart. The word says that a Christian's heart, I just added that, is wicked. Above all else. Deceitfully. You know what that means? Your heart is a betrayer. That's what that means. Deceitfully wicked. That means I'm looking. I'm looking for a way to stab you in the back. 
I'm looking for a way. Oh, I know, I know, I know. No, I don't do things like that. Would never. Well, I would never. Yes, you would. You do it all the time. When somebody don't look like you, when somebody don't act like you, when somebody don't smell like you, there is a new breed arising, honey. There's a new breed arising, and they don't look like old school. They full of tattoos, and they got piercings, and their hair is rainbow-colored. But they love God fiercely, fiercely. And we're going to have to embrace them because they going to usher in <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, we better not judge them. We better not say. And you know what? They're not going to talk like us either. They're not. They're not going to see nothing wrong with saying a word <laughs> that we go, just offends my you know, delicate nature. Uh, we, better get, we better get on the altar and get rid of that delicate nature. Because these young folks is going to turn, are going to make our hair stand up on end. Come on. And they love Jesus fiercely because who much is forgiven, there is much love. Ah! And he is delivering them out of the, the actual hands of Satan. They're coming out of witchcraft. They are. I'm talking about full-blown witchcraft. I ain't talking about somebody that just wants to act like they a devil worshiper. You ain't going to know the devil worshiper. You ain't going to know them. It's all hidden. And they be sitting right by you. Uh, uh, some churches are full of them. Full. And I pray all the time, God, show me when one walks in. <laughs> show me. Show me. Show me when one walks in, God. I want to know. Because this place is holy. And we have fought hell. Hell, do you hear me? To have what we have here. Hell has been stood against. And witches have been confronted. It won't be allowed. Because God, we want God in this place. I want God to rain down. I want God to show me when there's ugly in me and set me free. Oh. But can I say, can I say that that judgmental spirit is witchcraft? It's witchcraft. Because you're trying to put your will over someone else's. And I don't like the way they say that. And I don't like the way they look. And I don't like the way they do this. They got nose things hanging out and 14 nose rings. No, we just can't have that. In the house of God. Oh, what's the world coming to? It's going to hell in a handbasket. And we best be embracing this new breed that's arising. We best be embracing them. We better embrace that purple hair. Oh, yes, we better. I'm telling you, there's some new folks coming up in here. Come on. I loved it when Apostle Darla told that she saw them in heaven and she saw their angels. And their angels were cut. And their angels were tattooed. And their angels was, hey, shakarabosote. Because they was going through stuff with them. 
These folks have been through some stuff. I've been sitting on a pew my entire life. So full of religion and self-righteousness and judgmental. as me. And rebellious. Rebellious. Going to church every Sunday. Rebellious. Gossiping. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Come on. See, see, see these others, these new breed, this new breed that's arising, they're coming up. They've been getting high. They've been shooting up. They're cutting their cells. I mean, they're shooting up between their toes. Oh, you, you know what I'm saying? And I sit on a pew. But I got just as much in me as they had. Just as much. Because a religious spirit is mean as a snake. Mean, hateful, will rip you apart and smile while they're doing it. Guess what's full of religion? Us, the church. Them folks out there ain't full of no religion. They trying to get away from religion. They want to see the real supernatural power of God because they see supernatural power. They handle supernatural power. And that's the reason they're going after the devil because the church ain't got none. The church ain't got no power. Ho! Well, it ain't so around here. And we're going to keep it that way. Going after God with everything we've got. To set a captive free, doing our call, doing what we were called to do, which is set the captives free. Set them free. I got to learn how to live in victory. I got to learn how to walk my walk and talk my talk. I got to learn how to walk my talk. I got to learn how to do it. I got to learn how in the face of stuff hitting me that I ain't happy about. It's upsetting me. It ain't right. But I got to learn how to walk in the love of Jesus Christ and not offend you because you don't act like I act. Not offend you because you don't look like I look. Or you don't worship like I worship. Some of them like to worship like, Wah! And some of us like to worship like, oh. I think God likes them both as long as it's pure. But if it ain't pure, he don't like neither one. And I think a lot, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I think a lot of times we, um, we confuse taste with anointing. Oh, I just said something right there. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> we confuse taste with anointing. And that ain't my taste, so I just don't sense the anointing of God. I just really don't like the way that sounds. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you better get right. Because it ain't going to be long. And I'm coming back for a bride. And I don't want all them spots and wrinkles in you. You got a blemish. It's called religion. You got a blemish. It's called judgmental spirit. You got a blemish. It's called spirit of betrayal. You got a blemish. And I want it out of you. The bride makes herself ready. 
I am the one that is supposed to be on my face saying, God, is everything okay with me and you? Am I okay with you? Is there something in my heart? God, I know there's something in my heart because I wanted to cuss him out. I bit my tongue till it bled because I wanted to cuss him out. So there's something in my heart, God. Show me what's in my heart. I worship you, almighty God. Hallelujah. I worship you. Show me what's in my heart, God. Show me what's in my heart. Show me what's in my heart, God. Because I know my heart's deceitfully wicked. I know it is. I feel it. But I thank you that you work on it. He said if, that if I'd let him circumcise my heart, he'd make it pliable. It's a soft heart in his hand that he can do something with. That he can make it what he wants to be. What he wants it to be. Not what I want it to be. Not what I think looks good. Can I just tell you that uh, Jesus don't care if you look good. He don't care if you look good or not. What he does care is do you have a relationship with him and are you willing to let him flow and spit on somebody if that's what he wants to do. I mean, Smith Wigglesworth would like, you know, he'd knock them out. Are we willing to do that? Or do I have to, you know, do I have to remain pretty? If I'm worshiping him and he says, lay down on your face, what am I going to do? You better lay down on your face. Because, you know, if you don't, you just stopped worshiping. <laughs> and I started worrying about myself. Started looking at myself. I started thinking about me. Spirit of religion just took over. Sometimes we can feel it. I felt a, I felt rebellion come out of me. I felt it. I was sitting there going, God. And Elder Dana was helping, but she didn't know what she was doing, and I didn't either. And and all of a sudden I felt. I felt that thing come out of me. And I sat there like, what was that? Oh, God, what was that? But when I got up, I, I acted different. Ooh, there was another mouthful. I acted different. Every time we get in his presence, I should be different somehow. I should be different in some way. Or we are just molesting the glory. Come on, y'all. I should be acting different. I should not be the same for 20 years. I should not. Something should be changing in me. Or I am not connecting with him. I'm not connected to him. I am connected to my emotions. And I'm getting an emotional breakthrough. I'm not getting a real breakthrough. Because a breakthrough is an advancement of knowledge. Sudden advancement. Oh, I see. All of a sudden, I see. Change me, God. Take that thing out of me. I don't want that thing in me. Change them, God. God will show you something about somebody. But I can't be judgmental. And I can't be religious. And I can't be self-righteous. I can't be those things. And think he's going to do things through me. He will for a minute because he has mercy on me. 
And, and, and he, although he knows all, but he's like, I think he turns it off. And he's like, I know they're, I know they're going to come to me fully. I know they're going to come to me fully. I know they are. And he works with us, you know. He has mercy where I don't. He has mercy. So the vision here is to learn how to live in 100% victory. Where my circumstances are under my feet. I do not allow that thing to pull me down into depression. I don't allow that thing to pull me down into religion. I don't allow that thing to pull me down into anger. Because I'm supposed to be seated in the heavenlies. Far above. Far above those things. Amen? That's where I'm supposed to be. That's where spiritually I am. And I literally have to come down here. I have to come down and get on that level with the enemy. So God, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive me for not allowing you to work in me the way you want to work in me. Forgive me, God, for opening my mouth and touching one of yours. Forgive me, God. I don't want to open my mouth and touch one of your children with a wicked tongue. I do not. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Oh, there's a scripture that says, I think it's Matthew 7, 1 and 2, that if we would judge ourselves, nobody would judge us. So that's the only person I'm supposed to be judging is me. And that's how I do it. When something happens, when I do something or somebody does something to me, even if it's wrong, y'all know we're supposed to be dead. And a dead man don't get mad. A dead man don't get, you know, hurt. They don't, so I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I ain't dead yet. But like the apostle said, I'm a little more dead than I was. But there's still a big part of me that's alive. I told somebody the other day that I, had a, I have a strong survival sense. <laughs> but if I'll judge myself, then I won't have to be judged. If I'll go ahead and just deal with me. And why God had that hurt me. I know that was wrong what they did. It was wrong. But I'm not dealing with them, God. I'm asking you to show me what's on the inside of me that causes, that causes such pain. Such pain. Such hurt. Such anger. Show me what's on the inside of me. That is the vision of Freedom Ministries. And we can come out of that stuff. And then I'm supposed to help that purple-haired, 14-pierced, you know, tattooed up to here. I'm supposed to help them come out. I'm also supposed to help that one that come out of denomination unknown that has full of religion and everything looks right and they look the part and, and they stand and I'm supposed to help them come out too. Got to help them learn how to live in victory. Got to help them. And then God's going to bring somebody around and, and, and God's going to show me something else on the inside of me. And i got to deal with that. 
So it's not that I arrive and I'm now I'm going to help you. It's not like that at all. We're going through this journey together. And we all come up on stuff. And we all need some deliverance. We all need some help. We all do. But he is faithful. If we confess our faults, repent, he is faithful to forgive us. And he will heal us. And I believe that that's what um, James says when he said, confess your faults one to another and you'll be healed. And that's what we do in this prayer. I air my dirty laundry. My dirty laundry has been laid out right there. All over this, this altar. We, we very rarely ever pray over there. It's all right here. So right here, I, Pastor Babs got some dirty laundry all over this place. All over it. But the thing is, we hear so much dirty laundry, we forget whose dirty laundry was whose. Well, I don't know who had what. Thank God. It all gets kind of mingled in there together, you know. And we don't know who's, who was what. But we're getting free. We're getting free. Hallelujah. Because I want to finish out my destiny. I want to finish out my destiny. Even if I'm 80 years old, I want to finish out my destiny. I want to finish the race that he set before me. And when the devil comes knocking at my door, he don't find nothing. He's like, whoop, she ain't got that no more. <laughs> yes! She ain't got that no more. I just threw that right up there in front of her face, and she did not take that bait. That's what I want. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to end with this. In Revelations 2 and 3, I think 21, it talks about what you're going to get when you overcome. See, so we got to overcome. I got to overcome that spirit of betrayal. I got to overcome that thing because I'm going to get that thing out of me, okay? Then I got to walk it out. Guess what's fixing to come? Knocking on the door. Betrayal. Abandonment. Judgmental. Religion. It's fixing to come knocking on the door. And I've got to overcome it. But I can now because it's not inside me. It's on the outside. It's knocking. It's wanting to come back in. And if I let it in, I am shown nothing trouble. Seven times worse than I was at the beginning. I don't want none of that. Because I was pretty bad. I don't want seven times more rebellion than what I had. I don't want seven times more religion than what I had because that thing is nasty. Nasty. So I, we got we to gotta overcome it. But if I overcome it, oh, I get things. I get to sit by him. And I get a new name. And I get, oh, my goodness. It's just, it's amazing what you get. Because we overcome. Well, he wouldn't tell us to overcome something if it wasn't going to be a little bit hard. Because if it's easy, it's not overcoming. So it's a little hard, you know, for me to walk through some of these things sometimes. Because i got to die to my flesh. But I've already been crucified. So death shouldn't be so bad, right? Thank you again for tuning in with us. 
If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.